This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. of words to describe you, Lord. In big and in small things, we are being our God. We magnify you. We thank you. Yes, Lord. Mighty, mighty you are. Lord, please accept our worship again. This is from a grateful heart. And we pray that in this next few minutes, the foundation for greater signs and wonders in our life shall be laid. The gateway unto those mighty signs and wonders shall be opened unto us. Exceed our expectation this afternoon. Jesus, our King, please be glorified here. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you, eternal Father. Jesus, mighty name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We welcome every one of us once again in Jesus' name. And as I said, I pray that just the few minutes I'll quickly share with you, um, God will impart something unto you. It's quite a difficult topic for me to share today. I'll tell you the background to that. Um, I haven't preached for a few years now. Um, there's a way God just deals with me. If he gives me a topic, and before I know it, uh, I brood over it for a while, and things just start flowing, and I pen them down, share them as best as I can. Uh, but this particular one will be very difficult. <laughs> um, the best part of the end of the week, up to yesterday, I went for a walk with my wife, and um, you know, so we, we have this habit of everybody having something on listening as we walk, and throughout that time, I was barely walking. My mind was nowhere else but on this particular topic that we want to share. And, um, and, and I, I, it's, so that makes it possible that actually I won't spend much time on it, really. Um, but let's see how the Lord will, will lead us. I, the easiest way I can introduce this one is by reminding you of those big questions of life. Mm? Um, question of life, why is it that two people with equal prospects, um, they are applying essentially the same effort, but they end up differently? You've seen that before. <laughs> um, another variant of that is that why do some seemingly less qualified people um, move ahead of others, probably ahead of those that are qualified? So... Now, how can you make that the object of your, the message, except God asks you to do so? Because you don't want to spend the whole afternoon trying to talk about things that are not definite. <laughs> but it's good, because they're not definite, so that makes it smaller. Amen. Um, examples multiply. There are students in schools that no one thought would become anything. You've been there before. And they are actually employing those that were high flyers in school. <laughs> Uh, the person that everybody, everyone thought that, ah, this one, even if they are distributing relationship, you know what I mean, he will try. 
Um, before everybody knew it, Jack Robinson, the person that settled us, had got a good home. How? <laughs> uh, some bad guys that everybody had written off. You must have known a few of them in life. And suddenly things changed. And they are just cruising on. Now, how? Why? So those are the two difficult things that I had. And because every message that you hear, you may not hear me say the how, the why, and the what, but those are just the, all the three ingredients that are built into every message because that's the only way they can be understood. But for these ones, um, it's difficult. The obvious answer, why all these things happen anyway, is grace. You know that. It's grace. It's favor. They, they are favored. And, um, but I look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 during our month of divine provision, and I saw something there. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance of every good work. Because for a time, I'll just give you my statement. I won't try to do any exegesis on that verse. But look at the word grace, all grace. Did you see that? All grace abound. When grace abounds, it then says there will be abundance of supply. That's the longer shot of that verse, to be honest with you. So I discovered that grace of God, the grace of God is intricately linked to the provisions of God. The grace of God it might seem an obvious statement, <laughs> but it's a statement that I tend to forget that you probably tend to forget. And I also discovered that the bigger the grace, the bigger the provision. And you can flip it. Also, the bigger the provision, go and check. It must have been a bigger grace is behind it. And so, that is just as a form of introduction. And I just make a statement. Look for three examples in scriptures, and I will close on that. And we hope to pray one prayer. Isn't that good? Life is good. You know, just very short. <laughs> but the impact will be long. Amen. Once God favors you, things will flow in your direction. Once God favors you, things will begin to flow in your direction. First example that we will see of a man that God favors and things will flow in his direction against all odds was in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 24 to 25. 2 Samuel 12, 24 to 25. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. And went into her and lay with her, so she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him. And that was the end of the story. Every other thing after that one is self-propagating. Everything started moving. And God, now the Lord loved him. A boy that came out of a very dodgy relationship between David and Bathsheba. A boy that followed another one in which, you know, the wife. A boy that was surrounded with issues of murder and big time adultery and all the rest of that. And the Lord loved him. And God sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet. So he said they should call his name. Jedidiah, because of the Lord. Solomon means peace from the word shalom. Jedidiah means beloved of Jehovah. I stand in this above all names today. That the love of God that is over you will transform situation and circumstance to the extent that people from far and near will come and see what God is doing in your life. 
That was what happened to Jedidiah. We used to call him Solomon, but actual fact, I don't know why we drop his God-given name. I don't know why. Because maybe it should have been too much in the face for people to be saying, Jedidiah, Jedidiah, when Queen of Sheba traveled, where are you going? I'm going to Jerusalem to see who? To see beloved of God. When, um, you know, his brother was fighting him, uh, what was his name again? Uh, the mother of Abishag, someone I was trying to call Abishag, you know? There are so many sons of David. And, you know, whom are you fighting? I'm fighting beloved of God. So maybe God hid him a little bit. And undercurrent of beloved of Jehovah was driving his life. They may call you any name now from whatever name. Don't want to mention names. But let it be known. There shall be an undercurrent of the name beloved of Jehovah that will be in my life and your life. Because that made this man to excel. Remember our statement, when God favors you, things we what? We flow in your direction. This man was just taking the right steps, even up to the very last moment of his life when he acted so foolishly. And he started packing, you know, women in 1 Kings chapter 11, and they were directing him, and God practically just turned the blind eye. Ah, Lord, your favor is good. And please don't go and mess around. Don't, don't try it. But when you are in favor of God, believe you me, the truth of the matter is that there are some cover over your life. You better decide. Don't ever go around. And I will give you the last example you will see very soon. This guy was so well favored, you know, kings and people all over the world, they said they sought his knowledge. He was very wise. Who taught him that he should give a thousand bond offering? The one that his father never gave. You see, when God's grace is there, he will, I've mentioned that to you before. He will move you to do the right thing. Nobody could have done what the widow of Zarephath did except God moved out. Forget about it. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anybody tell you, uh, go and start. There's something you can't prepare for. In the day you needed to act the right way, you find yourself acting the right way. <laughs> oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help my brethren. Who taught Solomon? He'd never seen it before. And to put this in perspective, a thousand bought of free means that he killed 1,000 cows. There must have been bloodbath in Jerusalem on that day. The whole sky has been covered. And immediately after that, God promised him, I will give you wisdom, I will give you everything. So, number one point, when God favors you, things will flow in your direction. That's our number one example. Okay? Let's take another one. Once God favors you, things will also flow in your direction. Repeating my statement, as it flowed in the direction of the man that was spoken of in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. When I say things flow in your direction, that is, things just start mushrooming from higher ground. Oh God, set me up for perpetual, set your sons and daughters up for perpetual progress in the name of Jesus. Progress that cannot be stopped. And it can happen today. This month of divine provision, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. Unless it's not this God. God that will help you and look for an excuse to help you. God that will provide what we use to make sacrifice. And then call everybody and come and say, see the sacrifice he has made. When all along he has proposed to bless you. Look at what happened in Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 3. So it was, as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he, Jesus Christ, stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats, listen carefully, by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then, then, Jesus got into one of the boats, 
which was Simon's. Question number one, why Simon? Why that boat? You've heard that said before. Why that boat? There were other boats there. Other boats were still called in to help him pack the drought of fish that he had. But the first thing is that many, many, many more. God doesn't do many, many, many more. He knew from the beginning of creation that Peter or Simon as he was at that time would be used mightily. Whether you know it or not, that's the call of God upon your life too. May there be a fulfillment of it. I live every day for that. Thank God for all these young ones testifying. Confident that where God is taking me, nobody can stop me. I might go this way, there, but I'm still coming back this way. And the rest of the story of Peter is not strange to use it. It was this same Peter that he then went on to become the doing among the apostles. He became primus inter pares, the first among equals. He became the one that was so troublesome to the Lord Jesus Christ. One day, Satan was speaking to him. Jesus turned. In spite of all that, he betrayed Jesus three times. Nobody offended like Peter. Nobody, nobody offended like Peter. He kept saying the wrong thing. He kept doing the wrong thing. He capped it by betraying. You know what betrayer means? You know when the Bible connects the relationship between the church and Christ... It, and into marital relationship is very so. If you don't want to understand your work with God, compare it with marital relationship and see the normal jealousy and feeling that people have when somebody breaches that gap. Man or woman, three times you betray the other person. <laughs> three times, not once. Once we are still there counseling for how long? Three times. And Jesus, be, just by the time got to John chapter 21, he said, do you love me? I love you. Do you love me? I love you. And then kiss and make up, essentially, spiritually speaking. And then started one day because God set his eyes on God has set his eyes upon you. You need to realize it. And you don't need to live as if you are going to be done for. I'm not, I'm not apologetic about preaching this because many of us, we are not stepping to where God has called us, exactly where Satan wanted us to be. That's where he has gotten all of us. If you love Jesus Christ in spite of your stumbling, in spite of it, in fact, God does not help us because he helps us in spite of, I wish I can stand on the center of Union Street and shout out to the old world, drunkard, come. He loves you in spite of it. Drug addict comes, prostitute come, arrogant man and woman come, murderer come. I don't, don't, don't cheapen the gospel. And so that's the story of Peter. But the, everything started, and provision started coming. Ministry provision came, material provision came, healing provision came. When the Lord healed his brother-in-law, everything was flowing in this man's direction simply because it started. With a special favor that I enjoy. Let me take one more and possibly the most extreme example. <laughs> the most extreme example and possibly the most controversial. I repeat my statement again. What did we say? Once God favors you, what happens? Things will flow in your direction. Things will flow in your direction. There was a man in Genesis 25 verses 22 to 23. Genesis 25, 22 and 23. But the children struggled together within Rebekah. That's the her. I need to interpret to you as I go on because I couldn't read the whole passage. I take it again. But the children struggled together within her. That is inside her womb. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, 
Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. Ah, what a mystery. Uh, the woman was saying this is not clear. Well, by the time you get to Romans chapter 9, verses 8 to 14. Romans chapter 9, verses 8 to 14. I read from the God's word. It makes it very explicit and clear to us. And listen very carefully to this one. Because on this one, I will close and then we'll pray just one prayer. Listen carefully. I read for you. The apostle, let me, before I read, let me give you the background. It's easier. The apostle Paul entered into the most, possibly the most difficult chapter in the old Bible, Romans chapter 9. Because he himself was a theologian, he was a lawyer, so he was trying to make a case. As I started with you, with testimony, you need testimonies, you present evidences, somebody got healed there. Well, that's a fluke, doesn't actually happen. Well, another one got healed, despite the fact they said they will have so few days to live, a few number of days to live. Another one got delivered of a tumor, and they told me another one got delivered of something. So when the evidences pull together like that, they, they become a body of evidence, Okay. And so, this man being a lawyer, he was pulling evidences from everywhere. He was pulling from the life of Abraham, was pulling from everywhere to convince the people that grace is the centrality of everything that the believer does. In spite of the fact that people that don't actually have grace, they try to give grace a bad name. And don't please worry about that. There's nobody that is doing well that is not a subject of grace, in spite of whatever they preach. I'm talking about so because sometimes we are afraid that if we tell people about grace, they may not follow God. But I find out that truly and indeed, if people have a deep understanding of grace, the love of God will constrain them to love God and do right. All right, let me go. So that was the background to what I will read now in Romans chapter 9, verses 8 to 14. I need to start moving quickly. He said, following on Genesis 25 that I read. He said, this means, that was Paul continued speaking, that children born by natural descent from Abraham are not necessarily God's children. Instead, children born by the promise are considered Abraham's descendants. For example, this is what the promise said. I will come back at the right time and Sarah will have a son. Started at Sarah's level. The same thing happened to Rebecca that we read in Genesis 25. Rebecca became pregnant by our ancestor, Isaac. Before the children had been born or had done anything good or bad, Rebecca was told that the older child will serve the younger one. This was said to Rebecca so that God's plan would remain a matter of his choice, of God's choice. A choice based on God's call and not on anything people do. The scriptures say, I love Jacob, but I hated Esau. What can we say? That God is unfair? That's unthinkable. What shall we say? And that's why I said the man eventually rubbed himself around, tried to answer a question that there are no answers to them. Jacob was incredibly blessed. His face, incredibly blessed. Incredibly blessed. He was one of the patriarchs that he saw and blessed personally his grandchildren. Despite all opposition, he went to Egypt. Everything started against him. Favor was pulling them down. He himself was not helping. 
But when favor kicks in, there's no opposition. Now, when I say things flow in your direction, let me quickly put this one across. Including opposition will flow in your direction. No? Uh, don't, don't. <laughs> but one thing is sure. The end shall be settled. Abraham's bone were not taken out of uh, where it was buried. It was his own bone that was taken right to the promised land. There are so many things about this man, Jacob, that is beyond our understanding. Now, why have I laid all this foundation down? And, 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 and I can go on, but because of our, of, our, of our time. But remember, remember, where uh, grace abound, transgression, all the much more abound. Or where transgression abound, grace, all the much more abound. Jesus Christ mentioned unto us, you know, in the book of Mark, when they were asking him, oh, so uh, those of us that are left everything, he said, you will receive good things. So opposition will come when God favors you. Don't let me preach up gospel to you. But you can be sure you will overcome. And that was exactly what happened to uh, uh, Jacob here. And he overcame. Let me round up. I promise you that we will not overstep this time. God got a lot of things already today. A lot of messages from testimony and just this little sharing as well. I, let me cut a good part of the message. Why grace? Why grace? I wish we were all in the room and um, you know, you can answer me. It's one of those ones I love to hear you. Why grace? Apostle Paul Try to answer that, but I couldn't get the answer. Um, I was so particular about this. I didn't even know that this thing had been brewing in my heart for the best part of 10 years. Um, there was this guy, he wrote a fantastic book called The Book of Romans Alone. It's about 500 pages, <laughs> just Romans. And I, I, his theology was correct. I love his theology, so I peruse everything. Especially, I went straight to chapter 9. And after I've read for almost... Um, I don't know, I can't remember the number of pages, but quite a few. Maybe 50 pages or whatever. I still didn't have an answer. And he tried. I mean, those who are serious Bible expositors. No, I mean, he knew his Bible. Not a single thing. He joined this one to join this one, connected to that Bible verse. At the end of the day, I don't know why God showed grace. And so my answer remains today. If I can make a guess, I will say, so that God will be God, the sovereign, just, and loving God. That's the best. So that God will be God. So let's leave the why alone. Why do you want to worry about the why? As long as you can get the blessing. And how do you get grace? Let me look at that. How can you have favor? And on that one, how is a little bit easier? I would advise that if you want to walk in, oh, I want to be marked by the grace of God in my life. I want people to look at me and say, man, that man carries grace. I don't know about it. So it will be your own story as well. In the name of Jesus Christ. So how do you have favor? Because that's the next thing. I would suggest to you that you appreciate the favor you are enjoying. And it's a major obstacle for many people. We keep looking for more, but we don't appreciate what we have. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, We then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Some version says, don't ignore the grace of God. Another one says, don't waste the grace of God. Part of, you know, not taking the grace of God in vain is don't take it for granted. 
Speak about the grace of God. It's by grace that we are standing. It's by grace that things that could have exterminated us did not. It's by grace that a 33-year-old man, somehow, somehow, we stand holding on to something for eight hours. What are you talking about? It's by grace that children have their grace of grace. It's by grace. It's by grace. It's by grace. Jobs given. You know, no application. No, all sorts of things. It's by grace. And think back. Think about your own life. Appreciate the grace of God. Never, ever. Get yourself tempted to the point in which you start thinking that it's because of your effort. It's very, very tempting. I guarantee you, it's very tempting. Unless you have not known resources. Those that know, there's a point in which, if you don't want to think about it, people will encourage you to think about it. Before we ask of more grace, remember you are where you are. And you know that my favorite Bible verse, apart from Romans chapter 11, verse 93, is now becoming 1 Corinthians chapter uh, chapter 15, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Let's read through that quickly. 1 Corinthians 15. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. The man was trying to let them, confuse them that, you know, but in a way, it's not just grace. So you could remember I labored. Oh, he said, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Always pull yourself back. There will be that moment in which something with you will remember, remember, stop all this issue of, but I work hard. You know I love, love hard work. By the grace of God, with all sense of humility, you're not talking about somebody that you may say is a slacker. I probably worked, but I, I know maybe God is teaching me this so that I don't self-destroy too soon. I'm laying my life very bare before you. Because why this message of grace? God, I stand Nancy. Believe you me, is there any hard work in this place? There is plenty to the glory of God. In personal life, we've tried. <laughs> but I think God is reading me. Be careful. Be careful. Not your excellence. Not your hard work. Not everything must be in place. Not your study. Not your prayer. Not your fasting. It is my grace. Whatever you're able to do, there are people that are crying out, I want to do it, but they don't have ability to do it. Haven't you heard of that? Don't you know that? And there are people that will do, give anything they have, if possible, to say they can. You're telling me of discipline. Unless God helps you. I'll tell you one part. So is there, any, is there nothing we'll do? I know you will ask that question. If I ask the first antithesis against grace, when that question starts bubbling up, aren't you aware that you, as you are hearing it, it's very possible for me, it's very possible for me to be hearing the same voice and say, oh, this grace you are talking about. No, there's no caveat about grace. Grace is grace. If God helps a person, it will be helped. Let your prayer change you. Are you hearing me? Let it be 100% grace. A person with effort can reach to a level, but can never reach the level of flourishing. And I can tell you, thank God he said it more openly many at times, as he encourages us to see God, to do everything. Remember very clearly our dear general said that the Jew. He kept saying, God, don't think that it's not any human effort that is doing all this happening. He said, I'm just coasting along. God is carrying me. And then, some people have mentioned before, yeah, I can mention it on the Sunday, I mentioned the next general overseer must really fast, must really do. I said, well, there are more people, even people like that, uh, there that the keep saying that there are people that fast more than he does. There are people that fast more than reading does. But uh, look, if, if you don't want, if you don't understand anything in scripture anymore, go back and just study grace. I'm, I'm desperate. Finally, let me go. Let's go. Let's go. Pray with God, okay, to favor you. So that's number two. 
of how can you have favor. Appreciate the favor that is on you already, and under that one, I can spend, to be honest, I can another 30 minutes. Give me your point after point. Number two, pray with God to favor you in the area you need it. And while I'm still on number one, please, anytime you are hearing the voice of, oh, look, grace, grace, day, can't you see that person? They are not doing well because they are not working hard. Chill, chill, chill. That's not the voice from the God from the enemy. They are not putting enough hard. Just, just, just shush. Just tell your soul, quiet, quiet, quiet. You are able to do it because God helps you. Whether it's with your children or with your mates or with your superior and see them, see them. Once that is coming up, it, disaster may not come the first day, but it's a short thing. Sooner than later it will come. And that shall not be your portion. All right? So pray with God. That's number two. If you want to get into grace, pray with God to favor you in the area you need it. I'm not going to be able to read that, but go back and read Mark chapter 7, 24 to 30. Mark 7, 24 to 30. That's the side of Phoenician woman. Okay? Uh, that was a woman that, um, you know, Jesus Christ told that, you know, he cannot heal the daughter because she's not within the periphery, within the... Let, let me read it for you quickly so that I don't need to tell it. Now listen to verse 24. From there, Jesus arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Okay? And he entered the house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. So he wanted to go and rest. But this woman came disturbed. So everything was tied against this woman. Verse 25. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard about him, and she came and fell at Jesus' feet. The woman was a Greek a Syrophoenicia by birth, and she kept asking Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Wow. And the woman answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this thing, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Jesus Christ, another, another uh, gospel narration said, I've not found a face. No, no such in Israel. Now, lesson of that place is that this woman got what she wanted. Originally, she was not favored. And if you look at your life, where are things going wrong? Where have I been? And I've, I've counseled young people before. So some, some of them, young, young people, so they live very well. Everything is okay. They've kept themselves. They've not messed around. And some breakthroughs are not coming. I said, I, said, well, I think our hindrance here may have to do with the sense that you are, you are touting your CV, your spiritual CV. God doesn't take it. In spite of it, just say, Lord, uh, just help me. And I saw many of them changing. Whether here or not many places that I have contact with. Some have been saying, since I've been working on this business, why is it not working? There are some people that are just, just, just leave that out. If you are not getting favor, just ask God and plead with him, and he will show you favor. And one of the things that was supposed, maybe I will come back and teach that, that stay close to God. Stay close to God. That's number three for you to be able to get into favor. Stay close to God. Even dogs get stuffed by just hanging around the table of their master. Just stay close to God. Maybe by your family pedigree for what I have Just stay close. Even though after that prayer, I don't need any Bible passage for that. The previous Bible passage is enough. By just hanging around God. And so, it shall be for us in Jesus' name. Get up on your feet and let us pray. We need to go now. Let me keep my word. And I promise you we have only one prayer point. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Neither am I going to substitute his grace for anything. Nah, 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 nah. I wake up every day. I say, Lord, have mercy. Please give me grace. Show me favor. You will be favored. I say you will be favored. Favored beyond your imagination. 
What's your prayer point? Good God, please favor me. Favor me. And then, the second part is not prayer, it's a statement. Good God, every word matters. Please favor me. And when you favor me, your provision will flow in my direction. It's as simple as that. Lift your voice and just say that to the Lord. If you want to lift your hand unto him, as I lift my hand right now, I still have a long journey to go. Long journey to go in many areas. Lord, just favor me. I've looked around me many times. I've seen people that I've seen to have overtaken me. I've seen people that don't see. But Lord, you have taught us. You have teaching us. You are teaching me that it is not by power. It's not by might, but by your grace and by your mercy. We know the grace of God that taught us. Timothy chapter, Titus rather, chapter 2 beginning from verse 13. The grace of God appeared unto us, teaching us or instructing us. Your grace has appeared today. Good God, favor me, favor me. And let your provision flow in my direction. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. Amen. So, Lord, I commit your children into your grace. This month of divine provision, let people have revelation of your grace more than we have ever had before in the name of Jesus. The glory shall return to you. For healing, show us grace. Deliverance, grace. Provision, grace. And receiving through grace is our title for the short message today. So we will receive through grace today. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. The greatest grace that can happen to anyone, you are listening anytime, maybe now or later, is to know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. And we don't just throw that around as what preachers do. I don't like to just do it. You make altar call by all means. God quickly my heart because I know somebody you are listening today and you are wondering, yeah, this thing with this man said, yeah, that sounds good. I want it too. But God lost. They asked me to tell you, you will have it. But as I mentioned to the people, that the beginning of grace is to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't know what to do, I'm sure there will be someone, something along the area in which, you know, the medium by which you are listening unto us, where they put something on where you can contact us and they can guide you by, you know, by, by, um, by chat or whatever. But please make that decision today. I can lay claim on this grace for every other thing because I've experienced this grace. The saving grace, as we call it. And so, Lord, touch your people today and fulfill your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, when I'm closing, I remember to just um, make one or two declarations. listening in right now. May you be an example of God's grace. The only one who makes something out of nothing, out of that bleak situation, so that Christ may be glorified, makes something glorious this week. Oh Lord, our Father, we're not interested in taking any glory. That's why we want to be, we want our progress and our breakthrough to be by and of you alone. Receive grace. Receive grace to do right. Receive grace to live right. 
receive grace to prosper. Receive grace for uncommon provision from above. Receive grace. I have no other message but the message of the grace of God. Paul, the apostle, is called the apostle of grace. No wonder you work with him so much. Today, my father, each and every one of us will go forth. May we have abundance of testimony of grace to give this month like never before. What shall we supposed to thank you? And doors open. Grace, please open doors. The word grace is called charis, where we get charisma. So anything and everyone who has been rejected, who has been unattractive, today, today, in the name that's above all names, put on the garment of grace. Be attractive. Be attractive for blessings of God. And over the church, may we make impact in the nations through the preaching of this gospel of grace. Thank you, eternal Father. When next we meet, we keep praying week in, week out, and you have been answering us, let there be plenty of testimonies. And let Jesus be glorified. Go forth in the name of the Lord. Pray finally, you will not hear the voice of the enemy. The voice that says you've gone too far. You don't you know, you can't, you can't make it. Grace is available. There's a turnaround in every aspect of our lives. There we say we love you, Lord. But better still, thank you for loving us. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.